Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you once again on the Believe Podcast Network, the LMU Basketball Podcast. We are back after a couple of weeks off here during the summer, getting our bearings as we get ready for another season of LMU Basketball. Still a couple of months to go, but we're back here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. We've got a great guest here this week, Griffin Riley, former LMU Lion, uh, walk-on from the Max Good era. Really good conversation with him, so that's coming up in just a moment. Before we get there want to let you know that if you do enjoy the show, uh, you can follow us on any of your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also follow along at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts on any of your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please rate and review the show as well. But we're not going to waste any time. Griffin Riley here in the LME Basketball Podcast. Here we go. I'm now joined on the Elmy Basketball Podcast with my guest, Griffin Riley. Griffin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And Griffin, we were just catching up a little bit before this, but uh, it's great to see you. Obviously, we know each other from your time uh, at LMU when I was just getting started and you were on the team. Uh, what's it like to be back here on campus and back in LA? It's amazing. It feels like <laughs> I never left. Um, it, it's, it's great. And... Uh, I'm excited for this upcoming season. I live up in San Jose now and uh, love catching the LME basketball games when you guys come and play up at uh, Santa Clara and USF and St. Mary's. So, like I said, it feels like I never left. Yeah, no, we saw each other at the, at the Santa Clara game up right. there this past season. So you're obviously keeping up to date with the, the current squad. What do you think of the past season? 22 wins, you know, one of the better seasons in, in team history, really. What, what do you think of last year's team? Yeah, it was exciting. We were just talking about it. Um, that, that start to the season was great, and it just, it was uh, really fun to, to talk to other LMU alumni and graduates and, and really get excited about the program. And, um, you know, some of the games like Boise State game, those were just so much fun to watch. And especially when you guys came up to Santa Clara, that was a really fun game. And so it was a great way for not only the uh, LMU alumni to connect, but it was great to see the, the guys, you know, having success. Super fun. Yeah, no, it's, it was a great year this past year. We hope they, uh, they continue it going forward right. uh, to the next season. But, but looking back on, on your LMU career, uh, you know, every player's path is different. Uh, you were a player, we've talked to a few uh, on this show, who uh, had to try out to make their way onto the team. What was that process like for you uh, in coming to LMU, not with that guaranteed spot, and then being able to make the team and go from there? Oh, man. It was fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I came in as a freshman in 2007 and tried out for Rodney Tension's team and ended up not making it. They didn't take any walk-ons my freshman year. Uh, But, you know, helped out with the team as sort of an assistant uh, manager. manager, Right, exactly. So it was fun to get to know some of the guys that ended up uh, uh, playing the next season for um, Baino and then Max Good, right? Yeah. And so that process of trying out was, uh, you know, I think it was a combination of, you know, uh, opportunity and luck, right? Yeah. 
and taking advantage of my shot. So uh, it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a fun process to kind of um, see the program go through that transition of bringing in a new coach, bringing in a lot of new players, and um, getting into the swing of things early. But uh, that was great. Yeah, I had uh, uh, the first year I was on the team was one of my favorite years for sure. Yeah, and just quickly on the, the tryout process, that's just like your basic. You know, go through a tryout, scrimmage, drills type of thing, or what was that like for you? It was pretty um, seamless, right? I mean, the coaches really didn't have a designated tryout. I mean, it was really sink or swim. It yeah. was kind of we throw, we're going to throw you into the workouts with the team, and if you can hang, you know, we'll consider you. If not, we're going to we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah. And um, I just kept expecting a phone call that, you know, okay, maybe we'll, you know, go a different direction. And the yeah. phone call never came. And I think it was in, like, late September, uh, I got a phone call from the basketball uh, manager of operations at the time. And uh, he asked, okay, so what number do you want? And I was like, okay, I think that's the official, is that the official uh, yes? So it was, it was great. But, uh, yeah, fun process. Oh, that's awesome. And, and you mentioned briefly the, the this coaching switch that happened kind of right when you were coming on. Yeah. You know, Bill Baino comes in as a, as a big hire for the school. You know, he has issues where he has to step aside right. very quickly into the season, and then Max Good takes over. Uh, from a player's perspective, what was that like for the team where it seems like it would be pretty jarring and, and just a weird experience to think you're going to play for one guy and then have that kind of get turned on its head right away? Yeah, but I mean, it was a, it was a great uh, bond, almost bonding experience, right? Because everyone was brought in from so many different aspects, even the coaches, right? Yeah, um, they were brought in from all over the place, and so to go through that transition together was, uh, you know, at, at times it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I think we started that season like zero and fifteen or zero and sixteen. Yeah. So it was uh, a lot of growing pains associated with that transition. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it was uh, a great learning experience. I think it was a great growing experience. And um, guys had to mature very quickly. Uh, guys that maybe didn't think that they were going to get a lot of playing time initially ended up, you know, stepping into some pivotal roles that first year. Um, so it was, uh, like you said, very interesting. Kind of kind of weird, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it was... Uh, it was fun. I mean, we had a good time other than the, you know, 0-16 part. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny you <laughs> mentioned that it was one of your favorite seasons. You know, I remember talking with, with Max Good throughout yeah. that time, and, and he's always kind of thrown back to that year, even though it was, what, 3-28 and 28 or whatever it was, yeah. as one of his favorite seasons, right. just from, you know, the team fighting through so many injuries and then battling and, and actually showing that improvement at the end of the year. Right. Um, so what made it one of your favorite seasons? That's a great question. Um, I would have to say, I mean, like I said, I mean, you, you go through, when you, when you go through trying times, you have this experience of really bonding with the guys on the team. So through that hardship and really, you know, sort of, you know, arm in arm, all right, we're going through this together was really um, a good, like I said, bonding experience for some of the younger guys, especially me coming in as a um, a sophomore in school, walk-on freshman with a lot of other, you know, brand new freshmen that were playing. Um, for the younger group, it was really good experience, and we got to learn from some of the, the older guys like Chris Connie, Marco Terry. So yeah. that was really fun. Yeah, yeah, no question. Great year, and uh, you know, what was it like playing for Max Good? You know, it said you went in expecting to play for Bill Bain. Now, of course, Good is already on the staff, right. but. Um, you know, we've had so many players from your era on yeah, the show who have talked exactly. about their experience, and 
just really their love for Mexico. Right. So what was it like for you? It was great. I mean, I love I love Coach Good. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, I, at times he could be intense, and I think uh, a, a lot of fans, you know, saw that energy that he brought to the games, and said, man, he's intense. And he was. I mean, in practice, he just he attacked practice like he would games, and he was uh, very very demanding, but at the same time very fair. I think, and um, yeah, I, I loved playing for Max. <laughs> loved playing for the entire coaching staff, Coach Scholl. Uh, it was great. Yeah, and uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording just about some of your teammates or ex-teammates and how they're doing. Uh, you played with a really talented group, you know, once you guys got through those injuries and in the, the future seasons, right. a couple of really successful seasons with that group, you know, Anthony Ireland, Jerry right. Dubois, Ashley Hamilton, Drew Viney on and yep. on. Uh, what was it like being on such a talented team and uh, going back and forth every day in practice with those guys? Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I like to think I taught them a couple things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding, but no, it was, it was great, um, you know, and it was really exciting, like you said, I mean, that, that year that we brought in, or that we, you know, had Bill Baino lined up to be the coach and Max took over, there was a lot of uh, hype around the, the program at the time, yeah. you know, to grab a guy like Drew out of Oregon and, and to bring all of these uh, highly touted incoming freshmen, um, it was really exciting, and so the level of play, I mean, just being a manager on the team the year before, uh, and then jumping into the practices the next year. I mean, the preseason practices were some of the most intense, you know, competitive practices I've ever been a part of yeah. in, at any level. So that was really, really fun because everyone was brand new. Everyone was trying to make a name for themselves. And so you got this really high level of competition and intensity that, you know, for me at least, was, it was pretty rare. I hadn't seen that before. So that was really fun. And it just kind of elevated everybody else's game. Yeah, and, and from your vantage point as someone who walked onto the team, uh, in practices and you know working, did you feel like you had to work extra hard to just prove yourself or, or show that you belong to that level, which you know you definitely did, but just to feel they have that edge against oh, the competition? Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, at uh, when you're first starting out, uh, it can be a little intimidating, and you're just trying to not get in the way. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you want to try and uh, separate yourself with your work ethic, right? Um, and, and so that was my goal coming into the team was, okay, um, you know, I just want to prove to these guys that, you know, I can hang with these guys. Yeah. Right. So that was, uh, that was an interesting process for sure. Yeah, no question. And uh, are there any games that stick out or moments from, from your time at LMU in terms of, you know, best atmospheres or most exciting games or best moment for you when, when you look back at your LMU career? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know that that first season. If you look, if you go back to the two thousand eight two thousand nine season, uh, that preseason that we had, I would argue that it was probably some of the most talented teams LMU's ever had to go up against. Yeah. So I mean, we're going up against University of Arizona at Arizona that had a couple guys go to the pros right after that. Um, that was a really intense, really fun experience to go play at U of A. Um, at Pauley Pavilion, UCLA, we're playing against you know guys like Darren Collison, yeah. you know, coming off the heels of Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love's season. Uh, that was a really great game, and um, and any honestly, anytime we went up to Gonzaga, yeah, I had never seen anything like that. I'll I'll never forget the first time going up to Spokane and then running out of the tunnel and hearing the noise of the student section that's already there an hour before the game and they're stomping on the bleachers and it's just like oh my gosh you're ready to run through a brick wall so yeah. anytime you go up to gonzaga is always a, a challenging atmosphere but it's i would argue that it's one of the games that you know guys 
I imagine playing now and really look forward to. Yeah, no, it's always an incredible atmosphere. Right. You, you kind of touched on it with the fans. They, you know, let yeah. the student section down an hour before the game. Oh and my gosh! So while you're warming up, yeah. uh, they're already on you. Um, right. You know, LMU hasn't hasn't won at Gonzaga in over oh twenty goodness. years. Yeah, but, exactly. But you were on a, a couple of teams that played them pretty tough up there. You know, tied at halftime in one of those games. Yeah. What was it like when you were in that, being that competitive in that environment and, and playing against you know really good Gonzaga teams that had future pros on it? I mean, it was great. Uh, it, it felt really good to have that um, that confidence to say this is you know this is the level that we're capable of playing at, right? And then um, you know I have to mention the 2010 game that we ended up taking on Gonzaga at home, yeah, of course, and winning, yeah. And so that was uh, another great experience, and I'll never forget. Um, I was I was I was hurt at the time, but I remember looking in the stands. And at the first half was, you know, pretty good attendance, pretty good attendance. But as we were, you know, gaining and, and closing the gap and then ended up taking the lead, you could just see fans, the word getting out and fans pouring <laughs> into the gym. Yeah. Uh, and you could feel like within like a minute left that we were going to win the game. And it was just like, it was such a fun atmosphere. And then rushing the court, that was a great experience for, for I would say, the team and all the fans. That was super fun. I know. I will say that that might be one of the... The last games I attended as a fan, you know, right, not, right, not, right. not working yeah. on radio in some capacity. So I do remember rushing the court uh, yeah, with you guys. That was, that was quite quite right. an experience. Yeah. Um, are there? We mentioned yeah some of the the Gonzaga's road atmosphere in right. particular. Um, did anything else stand out to you in terms of crowds when you played uh, on the road? Um, on the road. Um... I'm trying to think, but uh, now I'm going back to the the first game against Notre Dame of that season. Oh yeah, we had Notre Dame at home. They were number nine in the nation. And I think that was um, Max Good's first. That was game, Max right? Good's yeah. first game. Yeah. I mean, that was wild considering we were all walking into the arena at the same time, getting ready for the game about an hour ahead of the game, and um, you know we're getting pumped up. There's a lot of hype surrounding the game. People are already showing up, and we walk into the locker room, and you know, that was when the, the announcement was made that Max was going to be taken over. So we're all kind of scrambling to figure out. Yeah. Okay, we've got the biggest game of the season, of you know, big, you know, sold out crowd. Yeah. What's going on with the coach? So it was a lot to deal with, and we ended up really competitively playing in that game and almost uh, pulling it out. Um, so that crowd was sold out. I mean, days ahead of the of the game. So that was a really fun crowd to play in front of, especially at home. Um, on the road, oh man, I don't think anything compares to Gonzaga. Yeah, it's tough to beat. Yeah, it's tough to beat. Right. It's almost even tougher that it is slightly a, a smaller gym, right. similar to others in the West Coast Conference, yeah, exactly. but about 6,000 and right. they're on, on top of you. So Correct. Yeah, no, that's a, a great one there. Yeah. Um, looking forward, uh, you know, after your time at LMU, you spent a year with uh, San Francisco State. Yep. What, what was that like, the transition from LMU to, to going back up to the Bay where you're from? Definitely. Uh, it was, it, I mean, it was obviously great to go home. Um, you know, the the fifth year at San Francisco State for me was another great learning experience because I came in as a fifth year graduate senior, um, immediately had to take uh, a leadership role, was named the captain. So that was a, a great opportunity for me to sort of step out of the, the, the um, position of a, you know, walk on to, okay, now you got to step up and, you know, lead this team. Yeah. So that was a great, um, learning experience for me. But, uh, you know, the, you know, level of competition, I think at the D2 level gets a, a bad rap. The CCAA, uh, division two 
competitive atmosphere for those Division two teams across California are uh, uh, some of the better teams that I've played against, for sure. Wow. Yeah. So it was a great learning experience for me, definitely. And you kind of touched on it a little, but just the, the difference between the experience at LMU and, and San Francisco State, um, what was it like in terms of just on the court, being able to play a little bit more and, and get that experience as a team leader? Yeah, I mean, it was a great uh, growing experience. You're just taking on a completely different role, right? Yeah. And so you, uh, you know, at least for me, uh, that transition was, you know, you had to learn it pretty quickly. Uh, but the, the level of competition, um, you know, it's always high. But when you're going up against, you know, blue chip teams like Gonzaga, yeah. like UCLA, like Arizona in the preseason, um, you can definitely you can definitely sense the the difference for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it made it made it made that uh, uh, transition a little bit easier for me because I had the confidence of okay, so I played against these teams. You know, kind of gives you a little bit of an edge. Yeah, and when you're going up against some of those teams you mentioned, like Arizona, Gonzaga, yeah. UCLA, whoever it may be. Uh, when you're in it in that moment, do you realize at the time you're going against guys that are probably going to make it to the NBA? Or, or how do you prepare for that mentally going into a game where you probably hear about these guys, know about them in terms of their pedigree? Right. Um, you know, for me, I'm just, you know, as a walk-on, I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to enjoy the show. Once my teammates <laughs> get, you know, it's right. But, uh, no, I think that uh, there's definitely um, awareness mm-hmm. of the guys that you're playing against. I mean, it's it's you're going into the scouting meetings, you are following these guys on ESPN, you're watching the teams play. So um, there's definitely awareness that some of the guys that you're playing against uh, are going to make it to the next level, which um, is exciting for yeah. sure. Definitely makes it exciting. And uh, it, it kind of forces you to step your game up and, and really fires you up to, to even fight that much harder because of the you know attention to the game, right? So I think that uh, when you approach those games, at least for our team, it was uh, uh, very intense. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, obviously you went on to be a professional basketball player in your own right. Uh, so what was that experience like for you? You know, you got to play in Spain for a couple of seasons. Uh, what was the transition like from LMU to, to San Francisco State and then making that decision to go play overseas? Yeah, it was uh, it was great. I had a, an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity to, to go play over in Spain for two seasons. And just before we started recording, I let you know that sort of the spark, yeah. that sort of that inspiration was the, the trip, the team trip that we took in, 20, in the summer of 2010, where we actually went and played a couple teams in Madrid and Barcelona and Valencia. And I saw the level of competition and ended up connecting. I spoke a little bit of Spanish at the time, so connected <laughs> with some of the guys that we played against. And they were telling us about their setup, that they were getting paid, that they were, you know, traveling all over Spain to play. And that was really the moment for me where I was like, this is, you know, this is definitely possible. And so I just kind of made that decision that, okay, this is the next goal is to get over to somewhere over in Europe. If it's not Spain, it's somewhere else. It just ended up working out that, um, you know, I had sent um, some basic clips from, you know, the brief games that I played and had some good footage from LMU and San Francisco State. Send it over to a bunch of agents over in Europe, and uh, one got back to me, and that was the one over in Spain that ended up, you know, connecting with me and uh, let me know of an opportunity to go over there. And so I jumped on that as as soon as I could. Yeah, it, all it takes is one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's all it takes. It ended up working out. Yeah. And what was the experience like in Spain, uh, both on and off the court? You know, the the difference in, in the play and the European style of the game, and then definitely, you know, traveling and, and right. playing in front of some of those atmospheres. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, 
it was, yeah, I'll never forget landing on my first day in, in Spain, meeting the team. No one spoke any English. So that was a, a you know, luckily I have a little bit of background in Spain yeah. or Spanish, uh, you know, studying in school. So I, I could get by and it was a daily game of charades to try and figure <laughs> out what the other person was saying. Uh, but as far as, I, you know, one thing that stands out is when you're communicating with your teammates, like I'm, you know, I'd love to communicate with my guys on the, on the court. Yeah. I'm a big talker. And so I, I had to communicate with my guys in Spanish. So I'd have these sort of out of body, you know, moments where I'd be, you know, playing help defense and yeah. talking to my guy in, in Spanish. I'm like, am I really doing this right now? It's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but that was an interesting transition. This, the culture of Spain in general was amazing to get, yeah. you know, um, acclimated to. I spent nine months in a, in a apartment that they put us up in with a, a buddy of mine. Now that we still keep in touch, he was from Sevilla, Spain. He doesn't speak a lick of English. <laughs> so getting to know him, that was great. Getting to know his background, all the teammates, um, you know, the, the, we, we would have a great time after games going out, you know, dinner doesn't start until like 11 o'clock yeah. over there and then you're out, you know, hanging out, drinking until, you know, two in the morning. So it was, it was just a great, uh, growing experience, right? Cause you're, I was out there on an Island, no other Americans out there and which a lot of guys go through, yeah. right? I mean, if you go and play at that next level, um, you talk about some of the teammates, right? Like Ashley Hamilton, Anthony, Drew, Jared, all of them, um, they all played on, in, in Europe and, yeah. and had to make that transition as well. And so, uh, but I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. I highly recommend it for anybody, especially on the LMU team that uh, has that desire to go play at the next level. It's definitely possible. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I can imagine it's an yeah. incredible experience. And uh, luckily you knew a little bit of Spanish to just luckily, get you by. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, as we, as we get closer to, to wrapping it up, we know, um, you know, obviously you had your, your time in Spain. What are you up to now? So now I am working for a technology company up in the Bay Area, where I'm originally from, um, running sales for the West Coast, which I love. Um, a lot of, I tell this to a lot of my former teammates and a lot of guys playing basketball, that there's so many um, similarities between sports in general, right? But basketball and the team aspect and business, right? Whether it's yeah. sales, market, whatever. Um, there's so many um, similar characteristics that sports gets you ready for that helps you transition into the workplace. And so I've had a, a, an amazing time. I've got, I was just telling you right before we started, I've got a week left at my, uh, uh, for my master's at Santa Clara University. Yeah. Congratulations uh, thank on you. that. I yeah. appreciate it. Um, and so I've got uh, a week left, very excited. Uh, and then, you know, the big one is I've, I've been married, right? I got married in April to my and beautiful I, wife, Olivia. Congrats for that. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm just enjoying, enjoying my time up in, in San Jose. Definitely love coming to visit uh, uh, down here and visiting campus. Uh, still have a lot of friends in the area. My brother lives down here who's also a lion. But, um, yeah, it's great. And I cannot wait until uh, this season to see the guys play at Santa Clara and, and uh, USF and St. Mary's. Like I said, it's a, always a great time because it's uh, an opportunity for – the Bay Area Alliance to get together, which I always look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look forward to, uh, you know, catching up again. Yeah, exactly. We'll back up in the Bay Area a little bit later this year. Right. But Griffin, it's been, uh, it's been great to catch up here. Yeah, and you're it's my welcome pleasure. back on the show anytime. I love it. I'll take you up on it. So huge thanks once again to Griffin Riley for coming on the show. Really appreciate him as a guest, and we appreciate you listening here on the Elmy Basketball Podcast. Once again, if you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars always helps us out. You know you can also follow us on any of your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. 
and follow along at Believe.com and any of their favorite social media platforms. At Believe Podcast is the handle there. And while you're on Believe.com, check it out. Many shows, a lot of new shows as well. As we get into football season, have a Ram show. Uh, if you're into The Bachelor, there's a Bachelor show. Uh, there's a lot to find on the Believe Podcast Network. So go ahead and take a look and follow along there. And continue to follow along here with the LMU Basketball Podcast. Podcast. We'll be back next week again as well. Uh, the LMU conference schedule was released. We'll go more in depth on that as we gear up for the upcoming season and await the full schedule for the team, including non-conference. But the conference schedule's out. More on that next week. Until then, thank you for tuning in on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.